Welcome to the Holiday Decor Podcast, your source for the year-round celebration of holiday hope and seasonal cheer. To help you usher season's greetings into your home, here's your host, Ann McDonald. This week on the Holiday Decor Podcast, we are continuing our series on Thanksgiving decor. We're going to tackle those chandeliers. How and why would you ever decorate a chandelier for Thanksgiving? We're going to unpack that right after we take a quick break to thank our sponsors. Wish you could learn holiday decorating like the professionals? What do they know that they aren't sharing? How do they get those gorgeous garlands, trees, and ornaments? What does it really cost? Well, now you can find out. The Holiday Decor Training Institute is the premier online training location for holiday decor. We serve professional designers, decorators, manufacturers, hobbyists, and casual enthusiasts alike with different education tracks. As a custom holiday designer and manufacturer behind the scenes, I saw there was a strong need for training of all kinds. So two years ago, I founded the Holiday Decor Training Institute. Learn more by visiting www.hdtilaunch.com and get the inside track. And why do we need to decorate chandeliers? I'm already at my capacity. Well, this week on the Holiday Decor Podcast, I'm going to share with you why. This is specific to Thanksgiving design. And, you know, during Thanksgiving, a lot of times our tables are packed with food and people and all sorts of silverware and drinkware and fancy things that we, well, that we want to bring out for this time of year. I like Thanksgiving decor. I actually think it's a really important entrance gate, if you will, to the season of celebration. So I like to take care to decorate for Thanksgiving. Thing is, I don't want to spend so much time on it that when it's time to transition into either a Hanukkah home or a Christmas decor that I've got to spend, I don't know, three to five days changing stuff out. I like to keep it simple and have basics that actually work from the beginning of the season all the way through to the end of the season. So this week, I am going to unpack chandeliers. The whole concept behind a chandelier being decorated for Thanksgiving, especially if you have one over the main table that you're going to use for your Thanksgiving meal, is this. It basically gives you a ton more space on that dining room table for the things that really matter. And, well, it elevates your design, both literally and figuratively. Let's unpack this for a minute. Basically, your chandeliers are like the jewelry in the room, especially if you've got a double height dining room or you've got a room where you're going to host your Thanksgiving table and you've got a double height space. Or if you've got a super intimate space, you've got a small space that you're going to host Thanksgiving in, you have a chandelier in there. Let's take advantage of it and put some bling on. All right. So what does this look like? The first thing we're going to do is we're going to realize that decorating chandeliers doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be a nuisance. I actually think it's one of the easiest things we can do to elevate our design, both literally and figuratively. I spent lots of years going to all the different markets, you know, the design markets, North Carolina and Atlanta and Las Vegas. And I would go see these 
over-the-top designs on chandeliers. I go in and I kind of get discouraged. I think that, that takes a team. That's like 15 people for two days trying to get that thing right. And even if it wasn't 15 people for two days, it was thousands of dollars worth of materials and garlands and accessories and ornaments and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, that does not work for my life, and it certainly doesn't work for the lives of my clients. So I was always trying to figure out, how do we actually do the chandeliers in such a way that, well, it's easy to implement, it doesn't break the bank, and it looks good. I've got two different types that I go back to over and over and over again. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about those in just a minute. But the first thing we have to do when we're going to decorate chandeliers for the holiday season, specifically Thanksgiving, so we're talking about in this episode, is we've got to dust. I know that may go over like a ton of bricks, but we really do have to dust. Why? Because more often than not, I've been to somebody's house and they've got the, the chandelier, you know, decorated and any slight movement, if that chandelier isn't spick and span clean when that garland or that decor is put on, any movement sends dust trickling down through the air. Now, you do not want that. So let's set aside whether you've got a housekeeper or you're doing it yourself. I actually like to do it myself because I want to see the condition of the chandelier, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. We're going to dust. We're going to clean that chandelier and we're going to clean the cord. Now, right now we're in the cabin in Lake Tahoe and we have 30 foot ceilings. The home is actually a commercial grade A-frame. It's got buttresses out to the side and the ceilings are over 30 feet. Now that is not easy to dust, let me tell you. Now about once a quarter, we go in and do a deep dive dust and deep dive clean on those chandeliers. The second thing I want to make sure you do is I want you to test out your light bulbs. During the holiday season, when I'm decorating people's chandeliers, what I will often do is swap out their 60 watt bulbs for 40 watt bulbs, or I'll swap out their 40 watt bulbs for 20 watt bulbs. The other thing I do is I make sure and do what we call a touch test. Now this refers to how hot your light bulbs get when they've been on for a couple of hours. Now, a lot of times people don't have their chandeliers on, especially in a dining room or another space that doesn't get used except for occasionally during the holidays or during entertaining. So what you wanna do is you wanna test your light bulbs to the touch. How hot do they get? Now my go-to is I'm always going back to Home Depot to get their house brand. No, this is not a sponsored post. I go back and I get their house brand soft white LED low heat chandelier bulbs. It's just their regular house brand, but I think they're a nice quality for a good price. And I put those in all of the chandeliers at a lower wattage than I normally have when we're gonna decorate the chandeliers with garland for the holidays. First, we're gonna dust, we're gonna make sure all the connections are tight and right, and we're gonna replace the bulbs with low heat bulbs. I usually like to leave the light bulbs on for a couple of hours and then touch them to see how hot they get. If your bulbs are getting too hot, then you gotta go to a different bulb. Even faux garland that you're gonna get at the craft store, we know it's just not wise to have it next to anything that's gonna get super hot. 
other thing is when you are screwing in your light bulbs, and you may already know this, you don't want to screw the light bulbs in too tight. You just want to screw them in tight enough so that they actually come on when the power's on, but not so tight that it's it's hard to get them out when it's time to replace them. That's when people break light bulbs and especially in light fixtures that don't get a ton of use, you don't have to replace the light bulbs that often. Don't actually want those light bulbs screwed in super tight. Well, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to decide on a type of design for your chandelier. You got to remember, I would go to these shows and I would see these spectacular designs, but it was overwhelming. The two things that I'm going to share with you are easy to implement. You're able to use garlands, the same type of garlands that you're using throughout the rest of your house. We talked about a couple of podcasts ago and they're just not that heavy. I never want to put a design on a chandelier that will compromise the integrity of the chandelier. Okay, so that's on you. You got to know what you're dealing with. But we're going to talk about two types. These are my names. They're not some industry specific types or names. They're just the names that I came up with to help me and to help my teams and my clients understand what we were going to do. We're going to take a quick break for our tinsel time feature this week, and then we're going to come back and I'm going to share with you the ponytail and the wreath. Welcome to Tinsel Time, where we enjoy something extravagant every week just for fun. Want a holiday decor look that's actually easy but looks hard? Last week's Tinsel Time, we shared about creating a storyline for your home and using that to theme your decor. Easier than you think, this week, we suggest creating a simple five-chapter book online using Canva to share your storyline with your guests. Print your made-up five-chapter storyline at home or order it online. This fun, themed storyline that matches your decor is a fabulous party favor for guests, children, and grandchildren. Creating a printed storyline seems hard, but takes less time than you think to complete. Anne made a sample that you can access in the show notes to see how easy it really is. Remember, no more than five chapters. We don't have to be Charles Dickens to impress. This is about tinsel time extravagance, just for fun. Memory worthy, this look requires some creative skills, but is worth it in the end. And the easy part? It makes holiday decor shopping easy. Match your storyline and forget the rest. See a few pictures in the show notes at HolidayDecorHome.com. If you've got a double height space where your dining room table is, or you're going to put your dining room table in a space where somebody's going to be able to see it from a loft or a second story looking down through a stairwell, well, you're going to want to consider using what I call the ponytail approach. The ponytail is super simple. It's basically like taking three to five different garlands and holding them together like you would a ponytail, attaching them to the cord or the chain that you have your chandelier hanging on, and then cascading them through the arms of the chandelier. I like this because it's simple. So how does it work? Basically, I get three to five of the same garlands that I'm going to use in the rest of my home for my Thanksgiving decor. I get a bunch of zip ties and I pick a space on the chain for my chandelier 
that's usually about a third of the way up from the chandelier, maybe two thirds of the way down from the ceiling height. And I zip tie all of the individual garlands. I zip tie them individually so that they don't fall off. And then I just arrange them and kind of scrunch them up and cascade them throughout the chandelier. I like this because it's very easy to avoid any of the light bulbs. If you have a garland that has a mind of its own, it's a little hard to arrange. You can also use zip ties to help maneuver the quote cascade throughout that chandelier and make it look a little more natural, but to, to hold its shape. Then what I like to do is to take ribbons and I'll just cascade the ribbons throughout the chandelier as well. Again, attaching them with a zip tie and then making pretty bows at the top. What I like about this is that it's just not that hard. You get a really big impact for not a ton of work. And for our cabin in particular, because you can see the chandelier over the dining table from the loft, it looks really pretty from the loft and it looks really pretty when you're sitting at the table looking up. You've got these ribbons and garlands kind of cascading throughout the space. Very easy. The second type is what I like to call the wreath. Now, when I first started decorating chandeliers, I always did the wreath approach. I was like, I didn't really think about the ponytail at that time. And I had, you know, regular height ceilings and I mean, I had some high ceilings, but I didn't have any chandeliers in my own house that were in a double height space. And I didn't have a ton of clients who had chandeliers over tables. So we decorate, you know, the chandeliers in the entry hall or maybe in a powder room. And basically the wreath approach is this. Basically the wreath approach is you're going to make a wreath. Essentially, you're going to weave that garland up and down and around the chandelier, almost like you would weave a wreath. Very simple, right? Seems pretty logical. But there are a couple things about the wreath approach that I want to share. Well, these have been from my own epic fails. Okay, so listen in. Especially when you're doing the wreath approach for the dining room table, you're going to want to make sure it looks good from the bottom. Because when I first started doing this, we were always doing the wreath approach and we would stand there and we'd stand back and we'd look at the chandelier and we're like, oh, it looks awesome. It looks great. But we were standing up. We were in the rooms and, you know, just making sure that when people walked in the room, the chandeliers looked attractive. The problem with Thanksgiving is most people are sitting down looking up. Okay, so you've got to make sure that the bottom of the chandelier looks good. So how do we do that? Well, what I like to do, again, is get those zip ties. And you might have to use two different garlands for the same chandelier. One that you're going to use on the bottom of the chandelier so that when people are sitting down looking up, the bottom of the chandelier is decorated. Then you might need to use a second garland around the actual middle section or body of the chandelier so that when you walk into the room, the chandelier looks pretty. And a couple tips on this. If you don't want to have a bunch of zip ties, an easy way to do it is to weave the garlands up and down around the chandelier and then take a second garland and weave it the opposite way. And that's another way you can cover both the bottom of the chandelier and the middle section. Now I've done it both ways. 
you've got something like we have in the cabin where you've got an antler chandelier, I like to do the weave approach. But if you've got a very traditional chandelier, then you might want to consider doing two completely separate garlands so that one looks beautiful from the bottom and the other one looks beautiful when you walk into the room. Both of these approaches are wonderful. Now, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Can I do both? <laughs> you can, but I don't recommend it. You know, a lot of times we've got clients who they want something that's completely over the top because they're not going to have a big arrangement on the Thanksgiving table because, well, it's the place for the food and the people and the glassware and the drinkware and all the things that you need for that beautiful Thanksgiving table. Well, you can do both, but I just would caution you to be mindful. Sometimes less is more, especially when it comes to Thanksgiving. Remember, we've got all of these people, all of these voices. The point is connection and gathering. And one of those design choices is probably enough. Unless you've got like a, I don't know, a 600 square foot dining room and you've got two massive chandeliers. Well, then maybe we can go over the top. But you got to make sure that your chandelier can handle the weight of your garlands. Okay. So when you're choosing garlands for your Thanksgiving spaces, if you realize, hmm, I'm not going to have a ton of space to decorate my actual Thanksgiving table with a centerpiece and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to look up and I'm actually going to decorate the chandelier. My favorite and the one I'm using this year is the ponytail. But again, we're in the cabin this year and you can see the table from the second story loft. And that way it doesn't look barren when you're looking down on it. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to wrap up this episode on chandeliers. Are you or someone you know interested in learning how to decorate for the holidays without busting your budget, especially as a savvy design-conscious holiday enthusiast? Reserve your seat for an exclusive free online training webinar covering three secret keys for someone who actually cares about how the holidays look. Elf is awesome, but sometimes we need a bit of restraint. Not always, but in this free training, we will cover secrets to make your spaces wow without draining your bank account. Visit www.holidaydecorhome.com for more information. Make sure to reserve your seat now as our exclusive free live trainings are limited to 100 spaces. Again, that's www.holidaydecorhome.com. The link will also be available in the show notes. Dust and clean really well. It does matter, especially when you're going to decorate a chandelier. Why? Because every place you don't, that dust is going to fall down once you start to put those garlands on. I know, I've been there. I've tried to do it without cleaning first. Hi, this is Ann McDonald, and I want to welcome you back to this week's Holiday Decor Podcast, where we're unpacking how to actually decorate those chandeliers, well, for Thanksgiving. First, you got to dust. Second, check those light bulbs. Make sure that they're low heat LED. Consider taking them down a wattage, especially if you're going to have a faux garland or any kind of design decor attached to your chandelier. Second, you're going to decide on a type. 
I shared two types with you today. First is my favorite. It's called the ponytail. I like to use it in double height spaces and chandeliers that have multi-tiers. Basically, you attach it to the string using zip ties, and then you just arrange it and let it cascade through the chandelier. It looks really pretty when you're looking up at the chandelier, and it looks pretty from those double height spaces when you're looking down on the chandelier. The other type we talked about was what I call the wreath. The wreath is nice for small spaces. You just got to make sure it looks good from the bottom, not just when you walk into the room and see it. Thanks for being a loyal listener to the Holiday Decor Podcast. And we'll see you next week where we do unpack. Let's choose garlands well so we don't have to redecorate every two weeks between October and January. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to check out those show notes at www.holidaydecorhome.com. I want to invite you to subscribe, rate, review, and share the Holiday Decor Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere awesome podcasts are found. Next week on the Holiday Decor Podcast, we're going to tackle how to choose garlands that work for multiple holidays. So all you have to do is interchange out maybe a few elements, some ribbon and some ornaments. We want to be able to get our homes ready for this season of celebration, but how do you actually shop to do that? Well, next week, we're going to tackle that on the Holiday Decor Podcast. Thank you for listening. For more information and tips on how to turn your home into a place of joy this holiday season, please visit holidaydecorhome.com.